Like I said, my name is Daniel. I'm on the lead team here at Life Church and part of the discipleship program with my wife. Um, and Matt asked because he had to duck out for um, a convention, I think, in Austin. So he asked that I'd cover for him this week. Um, and so I said, sure. So I'm going to jump right into this, and uh, we're just going to get into the Word. Um, we've been talking about prayer. Um, I think the little slide says, all God's people said, and typically that's followed with the word, amen. But the one thing, I, the, when he sent me the scripture and what kind of his big picture was for this, and he, he was nice enough to just say, here's the big picture, let God tell you something. And so I said, okay, that's not vague, but <clears throat> you'll have to forgive me. I don't know what's happening, but I'm, it, doesn't, it doesn't matter. Um, but God said, look, it's, prayer is more than what you do in your prayer closet. It is something that we do corporately. It's, it, it is what you do in your prayer closet. When you find that quiet time, you settle in with God and you say, all right, God, let's talk about this. Let's talk about what's going on in my life, the life of those around me. But there's also a time where we sit down together and we say, what are the needs of our community? What are the needs of our church members? What are the needs of our, the people around us? And we sit down as a group and we say, okay, let's all pray about this. And when we do that, God does some amazing things. Who in here has ever can say they've witnessed a bona fide miracle in their life? Firsthand, you've seen something happen that can only be explained because God did it. I have. And it doesn't have to be big. I'm not saying you, you witnessed the dead come to life or, or you witnessed someone's leg grow back or anything like that, which if you have, awesome. I love those stories. But... I mean, how many of you have witnessed something like yesterday they felt bad or yesterday the doctor said you've got cancer and today you don't? And the only explanation, it's not a faulty machine, it's not a doctor misread a paper, it's that God did something. Yeah. Or you say, God, I really need that rain to stop and you turn around and look out the window and it's gone and it was just pouring two seconds ago. God can do anything. And we get to the point where we limit what he can do because of what our expectations are and not what our expectation of God is. So when we pray corporately or two or three are gathered, God has the desire and the ability to do amazing things. And so we want to look at an, a, an example of that in the Bible. We're going to turn to Acts chapter 12. I'm going to read a handful of scripture, about seven, verses 1 through 17, about 17 scripture. I'm going to read them all, and then I'm going to go back in, and we're going to kind of break it down. <clears throat> so as a, about that time, King Herod Agrippa began to persecute some believers in the church. He had the apostle James, John's brother, killed with a sword. I'm glad we don't have to deal with that. I, mean, I definitely don't want to go by sword. That just seems terrible. Anyway, when Herod saw how much this pleased the Jewish people... He also arrested Peter. This took place during the Passover celebration. Then he imprisoned him, placing him under the guard of four squads of four soldiers each. Herod intended to bring Peter out for public trial after Passover. But while Peter was in prison, the church prayed very earnestly for him. Remember that part. We're going to come back to it. The night before Peter was to be placed on trial, he was asleep, fastened with two chains between two soldiers. Others stood guard at the prison gate. Suddenly there was a bright light in the cell, and an angel of the Lord stood before Peter. The angel struck him on the side to awaken him. 
and said, quick, get up. And the chains fell off his wrists. Then the angel told him, get dressed and put on your sandals. And he did. Now put on your coat and follow me, the angel ordered. So Peter left the cell following the angel, but all the time he thought it was a vision. He didn't realize it was actually happening. Hmm. He didn't realize it was, oh, they passed the first and the second guard posts and came to the iron gate leading to the city. And this opened for them all by itself. So they passed through and started walking down the street, and the angel suddenly left him. Peter finally came to his senses. It's really true, he said. The Lord has sent his angel and saved me from Herod and from what the Jewish leaders had planned to do to me. When he realized this, he went to the home of Mary, the mother of John, John Mark, where many were gathered for prayer. He knocked at the door in the gate, and a servant girl named Rhoda came to open it. When she recognized Peter's voice, she was so overjoyed, instead of opening the door, she ran back inside and told everyone, Peter's standing at the door. You're out of your mind, they said. <coughs> when she insisted, they decided it must be his angel. Meanwhile, Peter continued knocking. When they finally opened the door and saw him, they were amazed. He motioned for them to quiet down and told, him, told them how the Lord had helped him out of prison. Tell James and the other brothers what happened. He said, and they went to another place. So let's unpack that. So King Herod kills James with a sword publicly solely for being a Christian. And he realizes how happy this makes everybody. So he's like, let's do it again and arrest Peter. I hate to say it, but there's some similarities there to our social media culture. And that's where I'm going to leave that. But it, it does. I was, uh, hey, this made people happy. Let's do it again, even if it's not the right thing. Moving on. So they arrest Peter. And I'm not going to, I don't, I'm not going to say I don't believe in coincidence. When it comes to God's people, I definitely don't believe in coincidence. So the fact that it was Passover time when Peter arrested tells me that God had a plan and God knew that there would be a time to work that plan and to, to, to make something happen. Because if it hadn't been Passover, there's no doubt that Peter would have been arrested, tried, and probably killed. Instead, he gets put in, puts, he gets put in prison. They place him under a God of four squads of four soldiers each. Where's Shelby? Shelby in here? No? He's in the back. If y'all haven't met Shelby, I see him coming. He's hard to got to miss. <laughs> Shelby, how tall are you? Six eight. I don't, I couldn't take Shelby. <laughs> but me and 15 buddies could. And the fact that they thought that's what it would take to keep Peter from getting loose means they knew the power of what God could do. They knew that two soldiers outside a tomb with a stone couldn't keep Jesus down. So they're like, all right, we're going with 16 this time. Once again, God knew that the, the more dramatic the situation, the more impactful the salvation. So, 16 guards. He intended to bring Peter to public trial after the Passover. But while Peter was in prison, and this is verse 5, and I wanted to hit on this hard, the church prayed very earnestly for him. 
It doesn't say Peter prayed for his own escape, although he probably did. It says the church prayed for him earnestly. We are called beyond praying for ourselves. We have a discipleship wheel that, that kind of shows how we fall on our spiritual growth. And, and as you spiritually grow, you understand that it's not just about me. You've got to get yourself right. There's no doubt. But then you realize, okay, God's got me. Let's, now let's help others. And as a church, that's what we're called to do. When there's a need within the church and without, we're called to pray for it. Where's Mike at? I'm going to call everybody out this morning. Sidoric. He's, he's somewhere. I think he, he stepped out back. But he is over our prayer team, including intercessory prayer. So if you have a prayer request that you want the church to pray over, our prayer team to corporately pray over, bring it to him. It'll be handled, I can promise you this, it'll be handled responsibly and privately as necessary. If you want everybody to know, we can tell everybody. Have everybody praying. If it's something that you just need to know that there's somebody in agreement with, we can honor that too. But God shows right here that as a church, we should be praying for change within our culture, for change within the lives of the people around us. We should be praying for others, for their safety, for their well-being, because it's effective. And I feel like we fail at that sometimes. I know I do. I know I'll pray. But I'm not always the best at grabbing my wife and saying, hey, let's go pray. I'm not always the best at grabbing people. I mean, Sunday mornings, it's easy. We, we set up an opportunity for that. But how many times through the week are we saying, hey, I feel like this needs to be prayed over. I'm going to call somebody and have a quick prayer time over the phone. Because God can do anything. God wants to do miracles in our lives. God wants to see legs grow back and the dead risen and, and the culture shifted but if we're not willing to pray as a corporately we're missing an opportunity so the night before he goes on trial I'm going to summarize now he's in there hanging out taking a nap chained up to two guys flash of light angel appears chains fall off Peter's sleeping you know, the angel's like, are you kidding me? <laughs> Wake up. Literally. Pokes him in the side. Bro, get your shoes on. Get dressed. Let's go. I got to do that to my kids sometimes in the morning for school. Bro, get your shoes on. Get, let's go. <laughs> then he gets them. They start walking out. Guards getting passed out. Gates getting open. Doors coming off the hinges. Who knows? And the whole time, Peter's like, what's going on? Where are we going? He thinks he's dreaming. You could be in the middle of a miracle right now, and you don't even know it because you're too groggy-eyed to listen to what God's doing. I could be in the middle of a miracle right now, and I'm too groggy-eyed and distracted because I'm tired or whatever that I don't see it. If I say, you guys, forgive me, I'm talking to myself as much or more than I ever talked to any of y'all, I promise. But there are opportunities 
for miracles in our lives that we miss out on because we don't want to listen to who God is. We don't want to talk to him and have a relationship and understand that God wants to do something because if he does it and he does it in a way that no one can dispute that he did it, there is no better way for the kingdom to grow. I know I've been in a place where I'm like, this person is stubborn. God, please do a miracle right now. Heavens open up, fire come down, something, so that they get it through their thick skull. What's going on? And that's usually not when God's going to move, I'm, I've learned. But if we want to have those testimonies, if we want to see God do things that we can say, look what God did, are we going to God and say, God, we need you to do this? And are we saying we're going to be persistent and because God didn't do this the first time I prayed or the second time I prayed, are we going to say, God, we need you to do this day in and day out alongside fellow believers to say, God, we want change to happen. It doesn't say, I meant to look up how long Passover lasts, forgive me for not knowing, but it was during Passover when Peter was arrested. And it was the day before Passover ended that he was broken out. So my gut tells me they were praying for more than one day. It wasn't, God, please let Peter out. All right, let's go eat. It was day in, day out, God, free your people. God, break these chains off of him. God, let your servant be released from the hand of the enemy so that we can tell others, this is one more thing God's done for us. And they're obviously in a culture where living that life is dangerous. What excuse do we have? What excuse do I have living in a country that, regardless of its flaws, gives me the opportunity to stand here and say, I love Jesus, I talk to Jesus, I want you to know Jesus the way I know Jesus. And I don't have to worry that tomorrow, Orange PD is going to come throw me in jail. What's our excuse? It's easy to get in routine. It's easy when things are easy to lose sight of the hard stuff. So Peter's getting dragged through town by an angel. Angel gets him out of jail, gets him out in the middle of 16th Street, disappears. And then Peter's like, oh, this is actually happening. I realize where I'm at. Wakes up, snaps to, and says, I better get over to Mary's house. Because that's where I know everybody probably is. Around here... If I wasn't going home, I'd probably show up at the Bellard's house or the guest. I'd probably show up at the guest house and be like, Ryan, you'll never believe what just happened. And I don't know if Ryan would respond the way Rhoda did, but she's like, Peter, is that you? Uh, yeah, it's me. Hey, guys. Guess who's outside? My luck would be raining like it is right now. When <laughs> What in the world's happening in there? But it says, he went to the home of Mary, the mother of John Mark, where many were gathered for prayer. 
they were still praying. They were praying before he got released, and he had already been released. The miracle has already happened, and they're still praying. They were in the middle of a miracle. They didn't know it, but they were still pursuing God. Pray before, pray during, pray after. Ask, seek, thank. That just popped in my head. Don't know where it came from. I didn't make, I didn't like, it may, someone may have come up with that a long time ago. I may have seen it somewhere. I'm taking credit and I shouldn't. But that's how we're supposed to encounter things. Say, God, I have a need. I'm going to bring it to you. God, as you're working on this need, I'm going to serve you. God, you've given me this need. You've met this need. Thank you. That's where our heart should be. Our prayer shouldn't be just for God to fix it. And then when he fixes it, we go on. I say, God, thank you for fixing it. Thank you for this testimony that you've changed my life, that you've done this great thing, and now I want to share it with others. So they let him in. I just laugh, because in my head, I'm still picturing Peter standing out in the rain. <laughs> Guys! Like, that's where my brain still is. Guys, Hey! Like, I just broke out of prison, and I'm kind of standing out here in the middle of the road. Can someone let me in? Anyway, it says he continued to knock it. So that's what he's doing. Guys! Uh, there's like 16 unconscious guards back there. They're probably going to come to any minute now, and somebody's looking for me. So they let him in. They saw him, and they were amazed. He tells them to be quiet. He's the one knocking on the door. He tells them to be quiet. All right, guys, let's chill out because there's 16 unconscious guards back there. Let's not let them know where I'm at. He says, tell James and the other brothers what happened. And they went to another place. They got out of Dodge. Smart. Because sometimes... When the enemy's chasing you, it's best just to get out the way. Take God with you. Let God guide you, but get out the way. But the key feature here is that there was a need. And it wasn't the prayers of one person that did it. It was the prayers, the corporate prayers. The prayers of a community, of a fellowship, of believers that had gathered and said, you know what, we're going to pray together we're going to serve God, and we're going to see fruit from that. And I have no doubt that whether that had been Peter's chance, opportunity to be a martyr for who God was, or, or what did happen, and God opened the gates, I have no doubt that their prayers would have continued. Yeah. We see a lot of fire in young believers, and these guys were as young a believer as you could get. They knew Jesus. They were as early Christian as early Christian could be. They didn't have 2,000 years of scripture and miracle after miracle after miracle since to convince them. They had every story we have because they lived it. And they knew what God could do. Just because I didn't live it I know what God can do. 
Everybody in here that raised their hand and said they've seen a miracle happen knows what God can do. And God wants to do it. That doesn't mean that everything we ask for is going to get answered. And that's always a frustrating thing as a believer sometimes. You're like, God, why? Why? And if you read Job, you understand that the why is God's like, I, God has a bigger understanding of what's going on than we do. My little peon ant mind can't possibly comprehend the complexities of this universe, much less build them. So whatever God's doing, I trust him. But I'm still going to pursue him so that what he does meets the needs that we have. And so I'm going to ask you to step out this morning. If you need a miracle, I don't care how big or how little, a legitimate miracle. If there's no cure, if there's no break, if there's no end in sight, no light at the end of the tunnel, if you are stuck and you need a miracle, I would ask that you please stand up and come to the front. If you know someone who needs a miracle and they can't stand up, and come up here to the front, come stand for them. That's what interceding is. That's saying Peter's in prison, and he needs our prayers, but we're going to pray for him here. So if you've got someone that needs prayer somewhere else, please come up front. We want to pray for that. So if you would, go ahead and please come up front. And then church, I'm going to ask anyone who's comfortable and willing, you don't have to be perfect. You don't have to have it all together. But if you love God and you're willing to see God move, I want to encourage you to stand up and come stand behind them. We're going to do what the early Christians modeled, that God proved works. We're going to pray for people. I'm going to pray over you from here, and I'm going to let the people behind you pray over you as well. Can I get someone behind Tony over there, please? Do you mind, Taylor? Because there's no reason, however long the doctor says that should take, should take that long. Whether it's one day sooner or a month sooner or whatever it is, God can get that taken care of where you're not stuck with that stinking stick. Why do we think small? It's okay if you've got a small need that God moves small. But if you've got a big need, let's think big. Let's say, God, let's break some chains and knock some guards out. Not literally, unless that's an issue. But why are we limiting God? It's ourselves that tend to be the limiter, but we blame God for not doing it. So I want to pray over you guys that need a miracle this morning. Whatever it is, big, small, otherwise, God wants to do something. And I'm going to pray that as we walk out of here, that you're walking out of here not knowing what God's doing. And maybe you do. But I'm going to pray that you walk out of here with God moving in your circumstances. And if it's something that you want us to continue to pray about, like I said, I want to direct you guys to Mike. Raise your hand, Mike. There's Mike. Let Mike know. And I want to be intentional about saying we're going to continue to pray for these miracles. We're not just going to pray for these miracles right now. We are. But we're going to continue to pray for them. And continue to pray for them until resolution comes. Whatever that looks like, that, that godly resolution comes. 
So Heavenly Father, God, I thank you for these people, God. I thank you for their willingness and their heart, God, to just seek you and say, God, we want to see a miracle. We want to see doors busted down. We want to see guards knocked out and angels guiding people through the streets of our cities, God. We want to see miraculous change, God. You tell us in your word, God, that if we seek you corporately, God, that they see fruit from that, Heavenly Father. So God, we seek that today. God, we seek miracles, God. We seek definitive life-changing miracles, something that no enemy, no world can take away from us, God, that we can say, God did this in these lives, God. That the solution that came was by your hand, God. No manly action, no worldly decision, God, but your hand, Heavenly Father. We pray that, God, and we will continue to pray that to you, Heavenly Father. God, I pray for healing. I pray for peace. I pray for rest. I pray for strength and favor in every one of their lives, God. I pray Holy Spirit will just infuse into their situation, God, that they will be able to see the works that you are doing in their lives, God. God, that that if it happens right now, God, that we'll see it, God. Because you can fix it right now. And if your plan and your vision and your understanding of what's going on means it won't be fixed till later, God, we're going to pray until then. And we're going to worship you until then, God. We're going to serve you, God, regardless of what happens in our circumstances, God. Because whether you say yes or no or wait, we will serve you, God. But God, we bring you the desire of our hearts, God. Your children seek you, God, and we just ask that you will just begin to move in these situations, that as we pray together, God, as one family, God, serving you, God, that that you will see these needs and we will see fruit from them. God, that there will be no explanation except that your hand was in it. That no one can take your glory from you in this, God. It is about your kingdom, God. Your glory, God. It is not a selfish prayer, God. It is a servant's prayer. God, you lead us. And God, when we have a need, you're who we come to, Heavenly Father. So we bring them to you. Not not selfishly, God. But as a child, just, just asking, Heavenly Father. God, we love you. And we thank you, God. God, I pray peace, God. In every circumstance, I pray peace. That if no other miracle comes from that, God, that peace in the middle of chaos will be a testament to who you are in your spirit. God, we love you. And we honor you and we serve you, God. God, without you, None of it happens. But with you, God, there is no coincidence. Heavenly Father, it is your hand that makes it happen, God. So, God, we worship you this morning. God, we we lean into you, God, and we trust you. God, and we pray for miracles. God, We have faith in your abilities, God. We know you can do it. You've proven it, God. So God, I pray that in today, 
I pray that today. God, and we will continue to pray that, God, as your hand moves in every one of these situations, Lord. God, we love you and we honor you, God. And we'll continue to serve you through it all, Heavenly Father. And then we pray, amen. God bless you. You may be seated. That's all I've got for this morning. I want to say a quick dismissal prayer. Thank you guys for coming and listening and serving this morning. Heavenly Father, God, I pray that you will just keep your hands upon everyone here, God. God, that today will just be a a day of joy and, and excitement. God, that no amount of rain or mud can keep our heart from you, God, can keep the joy away, Heavenly Father. So God, I pray blessings over everyone here, God. God, I pray joy and peace and, and just fruitfulness in everyone's life today, God. God, I thank you for who you are and what you've given us, God, and we love you. In your name we pray. God bless you this morning. If, like I said, if you need something, look for a lanyard. They'll take care of you. Check the welcome desk on the way out. They've got sign-up sheets for all the things. Um, and yeah, just God bless you.